you don't have to like everyone you work with. You do have to work with them, but you don't have to like them. And that's a very liberating thought when you can get your mind around that and you realize, I don't have to have this person over for a barbecue on Saturday. Welcome to Beyond Speaking with Brian Lord. Instead of lying in bed like a loser, what if I launched myself out of bed like a rocket? Just dream it. Say it out loud with your words and then unicorns arrive from nowhere (laughs) and they just make everything easy. A podcast featuring deeper conversations with the world's top speakers. I'm Brian Lord and on the show today we have marketing guru and best-selling author Kelly McDonald as she shares why you don't have to like the people you work with, ways to respectfully disagree, and why diversity isn't always what you think it is. So I'm just a little bit of a weirdo. I'm a bit different. I actually like being around people who don't look like me or act like me, don't come from the same places, which isn't that hard because I come from semi-rural North Central Indiana, and there are only so many of us, so you have to kind of adjust to that. But Kelly McDonald is someone who is able to help people. She's made a living helping people learn how to sell to, lead, get along with, follow people who aren't like you. And she has some really interesting viewpoints on that. So I asked her, why do you think people are afraid to work with others that are different than them? Brian, it's as simple as the old, you know, birds of a feather flock together. I think the, the natural instinct that we all have is that when we're surrounded by people who are just like us or close to us, it's comfortable. I mean, we understand them because they're sort of looking at the world with the same lens that we are. You know, they, they think about things the same way. They probably have the same opinions, values, and perspective on things. And so none of that is very challenging. And it's comfortable. And it's easy. So we tend to like and gravitate to people who are like us. I mean, a, a quick example that I can give you is watch a young person, let's say a 20-year-old, walk into a room of, let's say, 50-year-olds and watch what they do. The first thing that they'll do is scan the room. You can literally see it. Scan the room looking for someone who looks like they're closer in age. You know, and while there's no reason in the world why somebody who's 20 shouldn't walk up to a group of people who are 50 and say hi, they just don't. They just don't. And so it's the most natural thing in the world to stick with our own kind of people, you know, whatever that is, whether it's age, generation, gender, you know, race, ethnicity, we, we gravitate to people who are like us. One thing you do point out that I find it pretty interesting is there, there's a lot more, obviously, you know, racial diversity and, and some of the others or gender is, are, are some of the things that are really highlighted. But you point out that there's a lot of different types of diversity that a lot of people don't see. My definition of diversity is any way that you can be different from me. And so an example that I'll often give that people can really relate to is, um, you know, I'm a woman in my 50s who does not have children, and I'm in the minority on that. Most women in their 50s have children. And so I could be the same race as another woman, obviously the same gender. I could live in the same zip code. I could have the same household income, all of that stuff. But if she's got kids and I don't, we're going to really be fundamentally different, Brian, in every way that actually matters. Like the decisions that she makes are going to be different than mine. The, the pressures and priorities of her on her as a parent are different than me. And so, you know, we can be very, very different. And, and the fact that it's just about parenthood or not parenthood has nothing to do with race, ethnicity, and things like that. So I, I usually kind of like run through a list of like all the different ways that we could be different. And, and the list is endless. I mean, it's literally up to your own imagination. But here's some that I usually like throw out to people to get them thinking about diversity in a broader sense than just race and ethnicity. Um, you mentioned uh, generations and gender for sure, but also things like East Coast and West Coast or North and South. 
I mean, if you talk to somebody from the South, there's a very different culture than someone from the North <laughs> and East Coast and West Coast, right? Definitely. Um, or like introverts and extroverts. Um, you know, they, they approach the whole world and people very differently. Or morning people versus night owls, um, small business owners versus large corporate executives, pet owners versus not pet owners. I mean, the list goes on and on. I was doing a presentation one time. And this guy yells out from the audience. He goes, I got one for your list. I said, what's that? And he goes, Google people versus Apple people. <laughs> and I just cracked up. It's so true. It's so true. So any way that you can be different, you know, or, or let's say even let's take a profession, you know, someone who's an engineer is going to be very different than someone who's a graphic designer. You know, an engineer is going to look at things in a very black and white, you know, linear, do things line up? Do they work? Is it functional? Is it efficient? And a, and a graphic designer is going to be creative and they're going to see possibilities and there's more, more than one way to do things. And so we're all different. What do people miss if they avoid working with people that aren't like themselves? There's sort of two aspects to you know, diversity and how to work with people not like you. One is sort of the, you know, kumbaya, we are the world, you know, love your neighbor, <laughs> that kind of thing. I mean, no, I mean, and I, I get it, and I'm, I'm, I'm for that. I mean, who's, who's against that? You know? But from a business standpoint, and just looking at it purely from a work standpoint, there's a lot of, there are a lot of companies and brands that are really, really trying to pay attention to diversifying their workforce or making sure that their diverse workforce is uh, pr as productive as can be. And the reason from a business standpoint that diversity in the workforce is very important, and I include diversity of thought in that, not just, again, backgrounds, ages, you know, religions, ethnicities, but just the way that you think. The reason it's so important in business is because diversity of thought at the table brings new creative solutions and ways of thinking of things. And so from, from the standpoint of business, it's about making sure that you're thinking of all the possibilities that can be had. And, and, and in the course of that, you don't want to miss something big. Your listeners probably all know this brand, whether they, whether they drink this brand or have tried this brand. I'm sure most people have seen it. And that is Bethany Frankel's Skinny Girl uh, brand of liquor. And Bethany Frankel, one of the original housewives, had an idea several years ago that women might really flock to a good-tasting, low-calorie cocktail. And there really wasn't such a thing out there, especially the kinds of cocktails that women like tend to be really sugary, you know, cosmopolitans, margaritas, things like that. So she had this idea for a good-tasting, low-calorie cocktail, and she went to every single major liquor company in the United States, every single one of them, pitching her idea, looking for funding. And every single one of those liquor companies turned her down. She went ahead and forged ahead on her own, found you know some angel investors, built the brand, built the product, and two years later, she had sold over 400 million cases of her skinny girl, pro skinny girl product, 400 million cases, at which point, of course, the liquor companies start to wake up and pay attention to this and take notice, and Beam, as in Jim Beam at that point, offered to buy her brand back for her from, from her for $100 million, the same <laughs> brand that they took a pass on two years earlier. So the brand that they could have picked up for a song, they ended up, you know, good for them. They ended up getting on the, on the train, as it were, but it cost them $100 million. And what I think happened there, and not to be sexist, but just to put it out there, is she pitched her idea to a room full of men. 
And because most of these liquor companies are headed up by male executives, that's just the way the liquor and beer industries are. And men metabolize calories differently than women. You just do. It's harder for women. We have to watch our weight more carefully. We have to watch what we eat. It's just harder for us. And so I think what happened is she's pitching this idea to these to these men, and because they couldn't personally relate to it, they were like, eh, I don't know if, if there's really merit in this product. You know, I don't know. Eh, whatever. You know, they took a pass. And what I believe is that had there been some women in that room, those women might have been, you know, the ones to say, hold up here. Are you kidding I can have a cosmopolitan and not blow 25% of my day's calories. Are you kidding? Totally sign me up for that. And so in this case, the diversity is diversity of perspective and diversity of reality, if you will. And so they missed something big initially. They were smart enough to get it back, but often most businesses don't have that opportunity to get it back. So that's the real opportunity that lies with working with people who have diverse perspectives is they bring that alternative perspective to the table and make you think about something that is not in your framework. There's no way those guys would have thought about that. That's not the reality that they live. So say you're running a business. How can someone be, uh, because, because there's so much, you, you, you never want to step on the wrong side of things. Like saying you don't want to be too overt and saying, okay, we're going to try and go after this demographic or this demographic, whether it's race, women. Sometimes it seems like it's easier to say men and women, but as opposed to a specific race or ethnicity or something like that. How can you do that in a sensitive way? Um, you know, because it seems like there's two pulling factors. Like you can say, we want to uh, be equal to everyone and how we approach things, but we also want to realize there are different demographics and different areas that need different things. How can a business person move forward in that way, being sensitive, but also being intentional? Oh, that's a great question. Well, one one thing I would say, Brian, is I would respectfully challenge you on your first premise there of, um, you know, you sh- you shouldn't go after a specific uh, demographic group, whether it's race or ethnicity. I, I respectfully disagree with that because as a marketing professional, that's something that is important in marketing is to identify what we call your high potential prospect. Mm-hmm. And sometimes your high potential prospect is exactly a sliver of a, of a broader population. So let me give you a real-life example on that is I've done a lot of work in the beer industry. And here's a fun fact. Hispanic men drink more beer than any other group, period. More than women, more than blacks, more than whites, more than, his, you know, the, more than Asians, more than, you know, I mean, any other group. Any way you slice and dice demographics, Hispanic men drink more beer than anyone else. So consequently, the beer industry goes, huh, we should definitely be targeting Hispanic men with our Bud Light commercials or whatever. There's nothing wrong with finding that high potential opportunity and saying, we want to market to everyone. We certainly want everyone to drink beer, but our sweet spot is Hispanic men. So we're make, we're going to make sure that we're going to do commercials in Spanish and we're going to also do them in English but feature Hispanic actors, you know, whatever it might be. There's nothing wrong with that. Where people go wrong, Brian, is where it becomes opportunistic, patronizing, stereotypical or predatory. Those are where it goes wrong because I've also seen, for example, <clears throat> um certain brands that have gone after in a predatory manner certain racial or ethnic groups, you know, and, and, and the idea is it's not that we value as a customer. We want, we want your money. We want to rip you off or take advantage of you, et cetera, you know. And so that's where it's 
wrong or where brands can go off the track. But there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, um, I, I was doing a presentation one time for Nike, and Nike said that they wanted to reach out to moms who run. So that was sort of interesting because it wasn't just women who run, and it wasn't just runners, and it wasn't just moms. It was moms who run. And apparently moms who run are very, very tight. Like they have like their little online chat rooms and yeah, they share a lot of information. They're like, there's, there's, cause there's two things that connect them. Their momness, you know, their, their parents and they run. And so th- there's nothing wrong with finding those sweet spots. I think what, what has to come through in any kind of marketing efforts is the sincere desire to communicate to that group. We see you we get you, we value you, and we want your business, and we want to earn your business. And I think if you approach it that way, that's fine. Yeah. Now, I'll have to say, I was kind of setting you up there. I was really hoping you would say, I see it differently, uh, which I know is one of your <laughs> one, one of the things that you teach. Okay. Well, let's talk about I see it differently and how it works. Um, uh, I would ask your listeners to imagine if you would, two people sitting on opposite sides of a table and in front of them, like in, let's say, the centerpiece of that table are the numerals 606. And imagine that on, on one side of that table, 606, you know, 606 looks like that to, the, to one person, but the person on the other side of the table is going to see 909. And so they're li- literally looking at the exact same thing, but seeing it differently. And so when you are working with people who are not like you, or even just in your life, maybe it's not work, maybe just at your family, you're going to have times when you don't see eye to eye, when you actually have very different opinions and things like that. And that's where a lot of friction comes in. People don't know how to respectfully disagree or respectfully, especially in business, move the conversation along. You know, the objective is to move the ball down the field in business and get to you know, conclusions, get to decisions, get to um, ideas, etc. And, and arguments or disagreements can derail that. So a really effective way uh, for your listeners to apply this is when you have a different point of view is instead of arguing that point of view and trying to persuade the other person to see it your way, which usually only results in them like digging in even further, they just plant their feet and they stubbornly, you know, cling to their ideas. It's just to say, I see it differently which is not combative, it's not argumentative, it's not even trying to persuade the other person. It's simply a a declarative statement. I see it differently. And what I find is, um, go ahead and say that to me, Brian. Just say, I see it differently. I see it differently. Well, how do you see it, Brian? And then what's going to happen is if you say, I see it differently, chances are the other person's going to say, how do you see it? Or something along like those lines. And then you're actually having a constructive conversation, not a debate and not an argument. So try that sometime. That's a really good one. Another quick uh, do's and don'ts. You don't have to like everyone you work with. You do have to work with them, but you don't have to like them. And that's a very liberating thought when you can get your mind around that and you realize, I don't have to have this person over for a barbecue on Saturday. I don't have to go to a movie with them. I don't have to have lunch with them. I don't have to socialize with them. Those are things I do with people I like. I don't have to do any of those things with these people. I simply have to work with them. And when you realize that, and you realize that you can just focus on the business, Brian, let's say you and I absolutely did not get along. We're like oil and water. We never get along. Are you a Cubs fan? We disagree on everything. (laughs) (laughs) I 
like the Cubs, but yeah. I, I don't I don't like the Cubs and everyone's like, How can you not like the Cubs? And I'm like, I can't stand the Cubs. So let's say you're a Cubs fan. All right, we can go so with that let's one. Let's say I'm a Cubs fan. I'm a Reds you're fan. Not a Cubs fan. Reds fan. And, right, and, and we're never gonna see eye to eye on that and you think I'm a dork because I like the Cubs or whatever. At the end of the true. day, we could set all that up naturally. See, this is the snideness <laughs> that comes through, yes. Um at the end of the day, though, if you and I had were working together on the same team and we had to sit down and do a budget forecast, do you think that we're actually capable of doing a budget forecast? I think we are. Yeah. Our, our like or dislike for the Cubs has nothing to do with the business at hand. So I can actually even actively dislike you. I mean, let's say I find your views and your values repugnant to me. <laughs> I can still sit down and do a budget forecast. It's business. I think as long what what I think has happened is I'm a big believer in diversity and the value of diversity, but I think it's been hijacked in business by a lot of people who think that what that means is that kumbaya, you know, we are the world, love everyone. We're not going to love everyone. And in business that's okay cuz business is about business. Like I said, it's about moving the ball down the field. So, you don't have to like everyone you work with, but you do have to work with them. So you have to be professional and you have to be respectful and you have to get the job done. And one of the best analogies that I have on this is I was actually doing a presentation one time talking about that point. And this woman comes up to me afterwards and she goes, you know, I'm on a very informal women's basketball team. We just play for fun, you know, on like Thursday nights or whatever. And she goes, there's about a third of the women on my team that I don't care for. I don't like them at all. And she said, but when we get out there, we get the job done. And it's like, if you've ever known anybody on a sports team, what a great analogy. Or if you've ever known anyone in the military, my gosh, you talk about throwing diverse groups of people together, but it doesn't matter whether they like each other or not. They have a job to do, and they're very singularly focused on getting that job done. So those are two examples that, can, that prove that you don't have to like somebody to be effective. You just got to focus on the work. Thank you for joining us for the Beyond Speaking Podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen. To learn more, go to beyondspeak.com because adding the ING was too expensive. For this episode of the Beyond Speaking Podcast, your technical director, producer, and head Steelers fan was Eric Woody. Your creative director and part-time leprechaun was Travis Franklin. Brian Lord, your host, executive producer, and specialist in speaking about himself in third person. Additional thanks to special consultant and the pride of St. Paul, Lauren D. of D. & Associates. Thank you to the incredible voice talents of the muy profundo Robert Borges. Finally, thanks to the premier founder, Dwayne Ward, CEO Sean Hanks, and CIO Chris Jout, simply because you need to thank powerful people. If you've listened this far, you clearly have nothing better to do, so why not continue on and listen to the next Beyond Speaking podcast?